Well, please join me now in the Word of God in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. We have today's message and then one more in 1 Corinthians. And it's been a wonderful journey these months through 1 Corinthians. And another good word for us from the Word of God. And we're going to talk today about strong love. About this balance we are to have as believers in Jesus Christ. You know that I uh, am a, a dad of three daughters, and, and so through the years, that has shaped the kind of things we watch on television to be surrounded by ladies in my house. And when the Summer Olympics would come around, it shaped what sports we would watch during the Summer Olympics. And the sport that was always on during the Summer Olympics was women's gymnastics. And I got into it. You know, they do a great job telling the backstories of the athletes, and so that would, that would kind of grip you. But then the athleticism of these young ladies doing these amazing things, like, like uneven bars. I could, I could never do that. Or the vault. That's a scary thing. And to watch them fly through the air doing that. Um, then there's the floor exercise. Quite remarkable. The, the gymnastics involved in that. But the one that really unnerved me a lot, the one that would stress me out watching the most was the balance beam. So they tell me it's like a four-inch beam, four-inch wide, about 16 feet long, I think, four feet off the ground. Just to walk on it, for me, I'd be a little nervous. But to watch these, these ladies jump on it and spin around on it and do backflips and land on it, I would just be holding my breath. It would stress me out and so impressed with them. But the most stressed out I've ever been when it comes to the realm of balance was at the Richmond Coliseum years ago, when the circus came to town, and there was a guy, they called this entertainment, there was a guy on a tightrope, high above the floor, and, and, and he had no net, and this was entertainment, that he was going to make it safely across. I hated every second of that. <laughs> I thought, this is not entertainment, he could die. If he loses his balance, I'm going to be traumatized, my children are going to be traumatized, I don't like it. Give the man a net and I'll still be, I'll even be more impressed. But he endured it. But this text this morning is going to remind us that there is this critical issue of balance for us as Christians. It's urgent that we get this balance right. A lack of spiritual balance, as we're going to see, can be costly even in our spiritual lives. Maybe you've seen imbalance in some other believers. By, by the way, isn't it true that we often see faults in others more quickly than we see it in ourselves. Be assured this, this word is for us this morning, but, but maybe you've seen it in other people out of balance. Maybe you've seen a Christian or a church that is strong in zeal, but weak in knowledge. You ever seen that? A church or a Christian can be strong in love, but weak in truth. That's out of balance. A church could be the opposite. They could be strong in truth, but very weak in love. Plenty of churches are like this, strong in what they call love, but weak in the idea of holiness. Maybe you've seen this, a church that's strong in evangelism, but weak in discipleship. A church could be strong in discipleship, but weak in evangelism. A lot of churches can be strong in their worship and weak in both evangelism and discipleship. So our tagline for us as a church really says a lot about what we're aspiring to be. We don't want to be out of balance. We put in our very tagline, here's what we want to be true of us. We want to be rooted in the truth while at the same time reaching in love. 
We don't want to be an either-or church. By the grace of God, until He comes, we want to be both and. This is the balance we believe that God is calling us to, and we see it right here in our focal text today. Look at verse 13. This will be our focal verse. Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, and then verse 14, let all you do be done in love. Do you hear the call here to be both strong and rugged in Christ, but also to love like Christ? Plenty of examples of people who become either or. And sometimes we see it most readily on social media. I think my algorithm is finally getting reset here. I don't see as much of this, but it was a couple of years ago. You'd sometimes see the angry preachers on the feed. Maybe you still have those, maybe because you watch them. But, but uh, I remember you'd see some guy sitting behind his steering wheel. He's got his phone up there and he's going to rant a while. By the way, it's just a pet peeve of mine. If I see somebody in their car talking into their phone and put it up there, I'm going to scroll right by that. Just get out of the car and talk to me. I don't need to see that. That's just my own weirdness. But, but what I would often see a couple of years ago, guys would be just kind of angry, angry preachers just saying, you know what bothers me? And they go, you know what? I don't need that. I'll just sweep. I, I probably even agreed with most of what they were saying. I get, I get why you're feeling that way, but I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that extreme that you've got. But then on social media, you see some people at the opposite extreme. They present a very wimpy Jesus who has no, no sense of sin or holiness that he's saving you out of. And so you'll see that very hyper permissiveness. And I think, I don't need that. I'm going to sweep by that. All kinds of examples of either or. But here's a call of God that we are to be strong in Christ. And we are to love like Christ. Here it again, verse 13. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. Great verse great verse. Now let's see it in its context. Let's pick up a verse 10 and get a running start into that, that verse. Verse 10, when Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. Let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace that he may return to me, for I am expecting him with the brothers. Now concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. And here it is. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all you do be done in love. So let's take on this first idea this morning that we are to be strong in Christ. And Paul gives four short command statements that we would get that point. And the first of those statements is this. Be watchful. The New American Standard Version translate that word over. Be on the alert. The NIV says, be on your guard. It's the same way Paul spoke to the elders at Ephesus that we read about in Acts 20, verse 28. Hear this, same idea. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. To care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish everyone with tears. So here's Paul calling these Corinthians to have their eyes opened. To be on guard against attacks from the outside coming in, but also attacks the risk of heresy coming from within. 
And as believers in this century, you and I need to heed the same warning. Have you noticed there are enemies of your soul everywhere and they are plentiful? You and I need to keep our eyes open because Satan certainly has schemes to derail you and to derail your family members to lure them away from Christ. You have to keep alert because you are constantly being lied to in the culture. Very new, very twisted philosophies are being forced upon you at every turn in the culture. It's become quite mainstream. So believer, this is certainly not a time to be any, any type of spiritual slumber. Let's be reminded from the word of God, we are always living in wartime as believers in Jesus Christ. Not just our generation, but it's been true from the very beginning. There is this internal war that you face with your own sin nature being pulled back to your old life. No, I have to war against that internally. But also, as I've indicated, this pressure that we feel, this war on the outside demanding that we reject Christ, reject his word, and follow after the world. It is, it is constant wartime. That is the context of your beautiful Christian life. That's why Peter wrote this way in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So believer, be strong in Christ. We should wake up and be watchful. These are and always have been treacherous times. That's why it's alarming when you watch Christian parents sometimes get lax. You think, I don't think there's ever been a time when we could be careless about how we raise up our children in the Lord. The scripture is very clear. Deuteronomy 6 from the old covenant all the way through. Raising up our children in Christ. We can't guarantee their salvation. But we are not to be slack and negligent in intentionally pointing them passionately, lovingly to Jesus. But it's alarming in days like these when you see somebody treating Jesus like just another extracurricular on the list. These aren't times for that. Never been a time for that, but all you have to do is watch the news and watch what's happening in the culture and to be careless about the soul of your children. Understand the culture wants to make your child a pagan. The culture wants your child to be an unbeliever in Christ and you can't be lax about this. Listen, be watchful. Are you awake believer? Are you aware that you are in combat for your own sake, but also for your family, if you don't have a family, uh, your friends. And so be watchful. It's part of you being strong in Christ. The word of God calls you to this. But secondly, stand firm in the faith. Be watchful. Now he says, stand firm in the faith. And really, this is a restatement of what we saw so powerfully in chapter 15, verse 58. Do you remember this? Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So we are to plant our roots in the gospel itself. We're to stand firm in the faith. There's no room for compromise in that whatsoever. We're to be unyielding as it comes to the faith, the gospel. And here's why, Acts 4.12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. In other words, we have to be unyielding on the gospel because there's no other way of salvation. I love it. Nowhere, no other name under all of heaven where somebody could be saved. We have to be firm in the faith. And so this is important. Sometimes we hear people say, well, I have a faith and my faith is very important to me. That might be a beautiful statement, 
or that might be a very dangerous statement. What is your faith? If your faith is not the faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the one who died for your sins, was raised from the dead. If you have any other faith, that is a very scary idea. That faith of your own making cannot save you. We are to stand firm in the faith. I love all the music that we sing here as a church. Pastor Chip does a great job choosing music that's theologically correct and sound so we can worship. Uh, I love our eight o'clock service too, where Jim Corson leads us in those, uh, some classic hymns at eight o'clock. I love all of it. I love new music. I love the old music. And uh, when I sing some of the older songs, whether old hymns or, or older praise songs, I'm edified by those. And one of the things that happens to me when I, when I hear some songs, it takes me back. So I've been a Christian now, this makes me feel and sound old. I've been a Christian now for 40 years. So I was saved at about 17 and I'm almost 57. So there's the math, if my math is correct. Somebody check me. So I, I ran, ran the numbers. So I think it's about 40 years. So there are certain songs we can sing where I hear those. And I go, wow, I remember there back at my home church when my faith was brand new. I remember singing that. And here's what the joy is. And the Lord, you've kept me all these years. I'll still sing. I'm still singing the same song because I'm still trusting in the same Savior. Haven't deviated from the scriptures. That's the grace of God. But it's not just going back that far. Sometimes we'll sing a song and I'll, I think, oh, yeah, I remember singing that on the mission field, taking the gospel to other people. And I'm still singing the same song because I'm still trusting in the same Savior all these years later. Sometimes it's not that. It's a, it's a more recent mission trip with some of you to another nation. And there in a hotel room or a hotel lobby, we sang some songs. And sometimes we'll sing one of those songs here. And I'll think, oh, I remember that. Puts me, takes me back to that mission trip. And by the grace of God, I still believe that gospel we were taking to others. But the reason it's so noteworthy is, haven't you seen people along the years who used to sing the songs with you of faith in Christ, no longer having any interest in Christ? And this isn't a statement of condemnation to those. It's just celebrating the grace of God. Lord, thank you that you held on to me, that I still believe and still sing the same things. Listen, we're, we're called here not to depart from Christ, not to depart from the gospel, to anything else. We are to be watchful and we're to stand firm in the faith. No matter the hardship that comes our way because of Jesus, no matter of any persecution that could come, and no matter who might fall away, we're still going to be rooted in Christ until Christ comes. One of those old songs we sometimes sing, it says, I have decided to follow Jesus. And one of the classic lines in that, so helpful, even as a young Christian singing it, was the idea is, though none go with me, I still will follow. I'm going to remain rooted in the faith in Jesus Christ. Well, we're told, be watchful, stand firm in the faith. Then he says, act like men. Paul called the Corinthians, act like men. In other words, don't act like children. He can say it this way, be mature. How about this? Grow up. That's what he told them back in chapter 14, verse 20. Maybe you remember this. Verse 20 of chapter 14. Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking... Be mature. And it's possible. And perhaps you've seen it. There could be grown men who remain spiritual boys their entire Christian experience. So year after year, still boyish and weak. Year after year, no forward progress. No spiritual muscle being built. Year after year, still not leading. Still no victory. Still no consistency. Year after year, still a person that can't be counted on. And so a question for us to consider, are you still undisciplined in your Christian life? Are you unfaithful 
After all these years, are you still unreliable? And then there's a question, if that's true, when are you going to get it together? Because the scripture says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men. Recently, I talked to a friend on the phone. He was telling me about his son who's in one of the branches of the military at boot camp right now. And boot camp's going well for his son, but he asked me to pray for him, which I'm doing. And uh, but he said his platoon's having trouble because there are a couple of guys in the platoon that, that think they can get away with stuff and that the drill instructor won't see. So, but the drill instructor always sees. And so the sad thing is everybody in the platoon gets discipline for the two knuckleheads. And so while they could be learning new skills and honing skills, this, this punitive, insane amount of push-ups, they all have to do because of these two. And it seems to be the same two over and over again, if I, if I understood the situation. So yeah, I'm praying for his son to make it through all that. But I also thought, what kind of guy joins the military, goes to boot camp and thinks he can goof off? Thinks he can try to pull the wool over the eyes of a drill. Who, who thinks of that? Because you think of all the things you could be doing. A guy in the military training, he's training for what? To be in battle. Any one of these guys in a matter of weeks could be in a hot spot around the world with live fire coming in. Why would you not take with the, that with the utmost seriousness? But here we are as believers. Equally tragic if we forget to be watchful. We're not firm in the faith in days like these in a spiritual battle. We're not acting like men. We're not acting like women of God. When, when we're going through all that's so difficult around us. Oh, how dangerous for us. Dangerous for our own souls. Dangerous for the people around us. And so if there's ever been a time to be strong, it's now. In fact, that's what Paul says next. He just says simply be strong. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. As opposed to wavering and weak. As opposed to being spiritually feeble. Do you hear the call to be a courageous Christian? To be strong in the face of error? To be strong in the face of our own temptations? To be strong in the face of however many adversaries we may face? A call to moral courage and the spiritual strength. We need to be believers like that today. You know this, that weak faith will not hold in days like these. You, you see the spiritual casualties falling by the wayside. A weak faith will not do. It never would do, wouldn't do in the first century. It won't do now. So does this describe you? Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Maybe you hear that and think, I, I haven't been growing. I have not been maturing. What, what do you do? Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians 6. We're told this, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. So if you discover today that you're weak, you think, well, how do I just make myself strong? I'm told to be strong. How do I do that? You get your strength by returning to Christ because all of us are weak on our own. Absolutely weak. Utterly powerless if we're not abiding in Christ. And so what's my move? If I discover that I'm weak and not making progress, I, I need to return to Jesus and I need to be determined to stay with Jesus. One practical move is to be very consistent to meet with Jesus every day. You think I've never been good at that. I, I think this passage tells you, all right, this is it. You, you have to get it in gear now. If you just have one area of discipline in your life, you think if I prioritize, what would I do? I, I have to schedule time with Jesus daily. And I have to guard that time with Jesus because I'm not going to make any progress in my own weakness. Where am I going to get the strength of God? I have to meet with God. And, and as you've heard me say many times, meet with him with your Bible open. If you're new to that, start in the New Testament 
and just spend time. A chapter or two, just read the Word of God, meet with Jesus, talk to Him about what you read, get up and walk with Him the rest of the day. You, you're, you don't want to leave His presence, even in all the other responsibilities. Be in the Word. First Peter 2, 1 and 2. So put away all malice and all deceit, listen, and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up in salvation. So the word of God to you as a new Christian is like milk for a baby. It's going to help you grow. But for a, a seasoned Christian, the word of God to you is like meat and you won't keep growing if you neglect the word of God. So, so be in the word of God that you might be strong in Christ. Be intentional and available even in the body of Christ. So I would commend you today, those watching the live stream right now, those of you in the room, you have prioritized worship today. And be very intentional about that. Make it a very regular part of your life. Part of the strength you're going to have is when you stick together with God's people. So be consistent in worship. Join the church, that invitation to not just be around the community, but become one of us. Commit to the body. Let the body commit to you. Also join and be faithful in a, in a life group where people will know you by name and you'll know them and you can strengthen each other through this life. And then, of course, serve the Lord. So we've been talking about be strong in Christ. Now the balance. Be driven by the love of Christ. Be strong in Christ, but now understand you also have to be driven by the love of Christ because Paul says in verse 14, let all you do be done in love. I love that balance. If all we had was verse 13, it'd still be wonderful. And I think by being strong in Christ, this would, this would develop. But lest anybody think that the call is us to be Christian commandos by verse 13, this proper balance there is be firm, but be full of love at the same time. Tell the truth, but speak that truth in love. Fight the fight of faith with strength and tenacity and love. So see this, love does not mean you're going to be compromising and weak. And strength does not mean you're going to become pugnacious, arrogant, hardened, and uncaring. In fact, now Paul gives us some practical ways this is to show up here. Let's go back to verse 10. He gives them a practical word to the church in Corinth. It's very interesting that Paul has to say this. He tells them to be kind to Timothy. Be kind to Timothy, verse 10. When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he is doing the work of the Lord as I am. So let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace that he may return to me, for I'm expecting him with the brothers. So Timothy, you may know, is one of Paul's most tender, his, one of his closest companions. Here's what Paul said of him earlier in this very letter in chapter 4, verse 17. That is, I sent to you, Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. Paul loved Timothy, was a spiritual father to him. And so Paul's letting the Corinthians know he's coming and when he gets there, I want you to treat him well. Verse 10, see that you put him at ease among you. The New American Standard says, see that he is with you without cause to be afraid. Then verse 11, so interesting. So let no one despise him. Imagine with me for a moment, if I had a guest preacher coming in in a few weeks, and I said to you, hey, make sure when this, this brother comes to preach that he has no reason to be afraid. You'd be a little offended, like, why would, we, why would we do that to anybody? You'd be super offended, though, if I said the next thing. Hey, make sure you don't despise him. It wouldn't enter your minds to despise a brother in Christ who's coming to minister among us. Listen, but it entered the minds of the Corinthians. Think of it. The Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, 
was led to write down to a church, hey, make sure when Timothy comes, you don't make him afraid in any way and make sure you don't despise him, that you don't have any kind of contempt for this man. Oh, the Corinthian church was a mess and we've seen that this whole time. So, so how can a church get so bad that it's kind of got a nasty personality as a church? Churches can be that way. They can become contentious and petty and self-centered and unloving. The church of Christ being unloving. How does it happen? Because it happens when a church remains in spiritual immaturity year after year, and that immaturity is not challenged. It's not checked. That's why we find Paul. He loved the church at Corinth, but he saw all this immaturity and all the dysfunction, and he just labors, visiting them, writing to them, so that that immaturity would turn into maturity, that they would begin to grow. So Paul says to them, you've got to be kind to Timothy. But he also says, you need to be patient with Apollos. Verse 12, now concerning our brother Apollos, by the way, notice there that phrase concerning means they've asked about Apollos. And Paul says, all right, concerning our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to visit you with the other brothers, but it was not at all his will to come now. He will come when he has opportunity. Do you remember that name, Apollos? At the very beginning of this letter, months ago, we saw it where the church in Corinth was divided in the names of people like Paul. Remember, I'm of Paul. Some said, I'm of Apollos, not Paul. I'm of Cephas. And some said, I'm of Christ. And they had all this division. I love this passage here where you see that neither Paul nor Apollos wanted any part of that division. Neither one wanted anybody, a rival to another, rallying in their name. You see there on one page, just like Paul said of them back in chapter 3, we are fellow servants. In fact, right here, Paul says, I urged him to come. Now think about that. What's that say about Paul? Knowing that the church was divided and some people preferred Apollos over him, Paul could have felt like, hey, that's going to that's gonna hurt my popularity if I send popular Apollos back there. But he's like, no, I, I urged him to come. I want him to go. But Apollos is the one who said, I, I, I'll come when I get a chance. I'm not eager to be there right now. Apollos didn't want a fan club. Paul didn't want one. Neither one of them worried about their ego or their turf on one page. I love that about them. So the life of a disciple of Jesus is to be marked by strength and it's to be marked by love. In fact, Paul had already extensively taught this church about love famously in chapter 13. And I want you to hear part of it. I won't read the whole chapter, but I want you to hear part of that again to understand, listen, I need strength to love like this. And this is, what, this is the kind of love that we're called to. So remember this. This is 1 Corinthians 13, picking up in verse 1. We read this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Then he describes what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. And then a few verses later, he sums it up. He says, so now faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Just as we've reviewed chapter 13, just briefly, do you see that connection between strength and love? 
Paul makes it clear, no matter how strong you think you are, you're not strong if you don't have this type of love coming from you. And you could never, you could never produce this love without his strength. And so these two are tied together. You cannot love without the strength and you're not strong without this love. And so this morning I'll ask again, how is your balance? Are you growing strong in your faith and in your faithfulness to Christ? Are you steadfast, immovable in the gospel? And then this, are you Christ-like in love? Is it true of you that you want everything you do to be done in love? Well, today you might see that you're out of balance in some way. And so what do you do if you find yourself out of balance? I think it's a lot like when we go to the doctor. I hope you go about once a year for your annual, what we call it, annual physical. And, uh, and as, as those appointments, sometimes the doctor will tell you, here's what you need to address so that you can be healthier. I think this passage functions for us like not a physical, but a spiritual. We get a chance to look at our lives and see if there are any blind spots in us. And, and even this is redemptive, like I hope your doctor is with you when you go. So the Lord may have shown you that, you know, you're out of balance here. You're, you're not growing like you ought to. You're not loving like you ought to be. What, what do you do? You want to respond to that. In fact, you can even use our tagline as a reminder that we're not going to be either or Christians. I want to grow in both ways. I do indeed. I want to be, I want to be rooted in the truth. And I want to be reaching in love. In fact, you can even use those four E's that we talk about around here. And they're posted on the walls. They're so familiar to us. If you're like me, I just, I breeze right past those signs and don't even look at them anymore. But, but just for a moment, would you also test yourself by those four E's we talk about? We talk about encounter. And what we mean by that is you're going to encounter God in worship when we gather. But as we've already talked about today, we want you to encounter God daily in your own walk with Christ, but encounter God. But not just that, you want to be you want to be involved in encouraging. And that's what that second E is, encourage. And that's in the fellowship of the church in lots of ways. But we think, especially in a life group, that you're going to know some people by name, walk through life together, encourage one another in a life group. That's part of you being balanced. Then we talk about equipping. That's the third E, equip. And you're going to do that while you meet with God in the Word. You're going to be equipped to be strong in Christ, but also in your life group, in the sermons and other studies and discipleship groups. You're going to be equipping yourself to be a strong and fruitful disciple. And then that fourth E is engage. And that's where we realize, oh yeah, I was designed for service. I'm going to meet with God, be equipped by the Lord, encouraged by the saints so that I might serve him and point other people to this good news, to build other people up in Christ. We want to be growing in all of these ways. And, and who's the perfect example of all of this? It's Jesus himself. We just celebrated the one so strong, willing to Go to the cross for us and be raised from the dead. No one's stronger than Christ, our creator, our savior, but no one's loved more than him. And so you think, what is the pattern that the Holy Spirit is using to grow me? Oh, it's the pattern of Christ. That's what the work the spirit of God is doing in sanctifying you. Let's all of us today cooperate with the work of the spirit toward that end. Would you pray with me? God, we are so grateful for your word that calls us to walk with you to find our strength in you, but also, Lord, to be, become more and more like you. Make us strong, Lord, individually, as a church. Make us strong in the truth, in the gospel. May we never waver away from you until you come. But, Lord, we don't want to just be strong in knowledge and action, but, God, we want to, we want to love like you. We see, we see the word, not an either or. Make, us, make this true of us. May we be balanced, Christ-like in every way. And, Lord, I pray especially for those who are currently lost in their sins. 
They haven't humbled themselves. They haven't turned to you for forgiveness and to receive the gift of eternal life. Lord, today, would you bring conviction of sin? And Lord, would you convince them that you indeed are the way, the truth, and the life? We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.